Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million. And this is a podcast where we discuss feminist issues in music and pop culture, all while empowering fangirls. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. I don't know about you guys, but this week was personally very insane for me and Sarah. So it's amazing that pop culture things even existed in our (laughs) brains this week, but we do have things to share with you. I just feel like we've been best friends for so long now that anytime something is wrong, I'm like, Jenna, is it the moon? (laughs) And I'm like, yes, the moon. We did just have a full moon. It was in Virgo. We are still Mercury retrograde. Mars retrograde just ended, but we were in the shadow period. Guys, if you need astrology tips, uh, do not come find me because that's all I can give you. But... I do very much listen to my astrology podcast. You give me enough information for me to like not blame any of my problems on myself. It's like, yep, it's the moon. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep, it's the moon. It's awful. (laughs) I'm like, oh, thank God, because everything's a mess. And since this week has been complete and utter chaos, we do have some like fun pop culture stuff to talk about before we get into like dissecting. Serious. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Using our critical thinking skills. Right now, we kind of just want (laughs) to have a silly, goofy moment. Because let me tell you, these stories we're about to tell you are silly and goofy. I feel like I might. This might be like my new favorite pop culture moment ever um, just, of the year. <laughs> of the year, <laughs> thirteen days in, and I don't think that there's any beating this because it is not at all shocking, surprising. <laughs> And if any of y'all know me, like know us at all, I feel like you probably already know what I'm talking about. But it is the fact that the Chainsmokers went on Call Her Daddy podcast and we're like, yeah, the European government <laughs> doesn't believe in single beds. <laughs> and therefore, <laughs> therefore, we had to have multiple threesomes. <laughs> with fans with with fans at the start of our career um oh my god (laughs) they literally were like yeah like and it's really funny because this is like a very short portion of the interview that i guess we've all kind of read between the lines of (laughs) a bit more than like what they actually what was actually said but i think it's like my favorite thing ever they were like it was the days when we used to have to share hotel rooms and in europe they have two beds but they don't split them apart so it's almost by force that we were forced into these scenarios <laughs> i'm sorry did did they ever go to college because um they're literally just pulling making this up they're just pulling like, up like one of them said they were like i think we were like what the fuck just happened because they were never planned okay <laughs> sure <laughs> 
<laughs> they're like it doesn't really happen anymore and it's like what do you mean it doesn't really no they didn't say that but because we have separate beds now <laughs> well also okay so these are all the things that make this even funnier one is like not to be like a, a privileged girly but like i've been to europe enough times to know that every hotel can make every bed into two single beds <laughs> Also, why were they like the European government? <laughs> the European government doesn't believe in single beds. I honestly like, think that like pop crave or pop things or whichever Twitter account, I think they took some liberties with the government. Oh, you're fair. Yeah, that's fair because the actual quote doesn't say anything about the European government. They just said I was like, in, why? In Europe. Why are they like calling out the European government? Also, like the European government is one thing. <laughs> like, yeah. No. The entire government of Europe. <laughs> oh my god, completely unhinged. Uh, but um, I saw this really funny. Are we surprised? <laughs> no, we are not surprised. I saw this. Was this a delight? Do we need to know this? Yes, absolutely not. Yes, we was did. this a delightful treat? Yes, it was. We did need to know this because I saw the best TikTok I've ever seen in response to this, which was a girl being like, "How much do you guys want to bet that they're like tour coordinator?" <laughs> read one too many watt pads and was oh like you know what i love one bed two guys <laughs> so i was watching bridgerton this season two this week and my roommate reminded me that bridgerton is actually was actually a book first and like so much so much makes sense now so i mean i fully believe their tour coordinator did read Wattpad and then was like, you know what we need? Two guys in bed. <laughs> but to make this even funnier, and like, honestly, this it pisses me off how social media-ly aware <laughs> the chain smokers are because more than one time have they responded to people making fun of them on the internet by joining in on making fun of them. And I'm like, I fucking hate that I maybe love these frat bros. <laughs> Yeah. Because they posted a TikTok, I think this morning, of the more effeminate one in bed. You can see him. And then he gets like a note, his like phone vibrates or something. And then he's like, oh my God. And then the host of Call Her Daddy pops up and was like, what's up? <laughs> and he's like, oh, we're going viral. And then the ugly one pops up from the bed at the end. <laughs> he's like, no way. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Oh my god! They they're very aware. They're very aware that they are meme worthy, and they play into it. So you know what? Props to them for that. <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, wow, giving us a gift this week. Yeah, I was like, honestly, I don't think I'm ever gonna forget this pop culture moment. <laughs> like, I probably except <laughs> except that we got another equally as good gift this week. Oh my which god! Which was <laughs> Amelia from Chicken Shop Date interviewing Andrew Garfield on the red carpet for the Golden Globes. Except that it was less of an interview. And and more just like five minutes of them flirting and her like not even asking him a, a question. It's so iconic because as far as we the people are aware, these two have only met twice and both times they've been on the red carpets. And the first time was a couple months ago. And Andrew was like, I love your work. And she was like, what? You know who I am? And they he seems very online. Yeah. Because yeah. they were talking about astrology and stuff. Yeah, he's super into astrology. That's like his thing. Like he fucking loves astrology, which is like interesting. I love. But 
Yeah, I think, I mean, also, like, I think, his, I mean, I'm sure it's also him, but I feel like his publicist, like, they do a really good job of, like, him being aware of, like, who everyone is and, like, making yeah. sure he, like, remembers that he met people, but also, like, yeah, he's Jewish, so, like, I feel like he b- was brought up to do this. <laughs> <laughs> he was got, he was brought up to be a good boy. <laughs> he was brought up to remember everyone and why he knows them, so, like, <laughs> could be, could be either. <laughs> I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> oh my god. But like if you guys haven't seen this, we'll have a link to like multiple fan cam edits for TikToks for y'all in the show notes to go enjoy. But my favorite part of this interaction and Jenna, I want to know what your favorite part was, but my favorite part was he goes, I only want to see you here. <laughs> he's, he's like, I only want to see you. And then she's like, What? And he's like, I didn't I, I didn't finish the sentence. And in like his like flabbergasted or whatever like when being flustered he like <laughs> grabs her hand that's on the microphone and like this really like yes. no I meant it but I'm gonna say I didn't kind of way and I was like oh my god is it getting hot in here or is it just me <laughs> dude it was wild this whole thing was like our episode about hands our episode about hands anyone ring any bells the, like there's no denying they have a connection and i think at this point we're all rooting for something to happen and it's very reminiscent of the chris evans interview in gq where it's like like the interviewer's writing it as if it's just like a fanfic like why and story (laughs) where he's just like obsessed with her that is very much what we're watching play out in real time on video and it is wild literally But also to me it was very like humanizing of the fact that it's like no celebrities are people too like you can have like chemistry with anyone yeah literally the one bad thing about this moment is that delusional girlies everywhere have just become more delusional (laughs) (laughs) no like the delusion is strong on 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 k-pop tiktok people are going hard in the like it is not delusional to think you could pull a K-pop member. Yeah, no, this conversation is going on a lot because, like, at the end of the day, they are a person who sings and dances for their career. True. Period. That's it. True. And However, can- <laughs> the boundaries of access are also mm-hmm. questionable in this scenario, but at the end of the day, they're just a person too. So people on K-pop talk are like, be Delulu. Yeah. Dress up. Go out. Be Delulu. <laughs> like, you never know what's going to happen. <clears throat> Be Delulu, but like not like not not crossing any boundaries of like personal space or stalking or anything like that. I mean, Matt just da- as a, a side note. <laughs> I mean, Matt Damon's wife was a waitress that he met when he was filming a movie, and they have like two or three kids and live a beautiful life together. So you never know. You never know. Um, <laughs> I do have one other favorite moment of the interaction between Amelia and What's Andrew, here? which was when she was like, "Oh, like I want to invite you to my birthday party," and he's like, "When's your birthday?" And she was like, "January 7th." He's like, "Oh, an Aquarius." and she's like yeah and he's like mm, you know i i, I don't know oh, yeah, he said he said he said my moon sign is aquarius your sun signs in aquarius and people who's like moon and sun are the same make good partners yeah he like literally said that yeah he said that and he's like and i on don't the know carpet to her and then he, he's like and i don't know if i'm ready for that and she's like what if i am and he's like <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, like if Garfield y'all. went home, rewatched that interview, and his like feet are going like, <laughs> dude, he has her number already. Like, 
Oh my god. Oh my god, I've never She needs to go on chicken date chicken shop date. Oh my god, I've never wanted something more in my whole fucking life. Does she do actors? I feel like she only does musicians, but like he needs to go on No, she's shop done date. she's done actors. She did uh Daniel Kaluuya and like a couple others. So set it, it up. It, it, set it up. Let's I'm we, sure it's in the works it. already. We like need let's it. move quickly. We need it. We need it. This is the like Bridgerton playing out IRL. <laughs> Oh, oh my god wow. what joy <laughs> thanks that gave us joy this week i know it's like we really needed uh, it like this week was like sorry for being the worst but like here's the best two pop culture things that could ever happen <laughs> before we get into the more serious news i have a nice like uh ease us into the to the news of the week which is that uh harry styles well, the Harry Styles TM, so like the business of Harry Styles, not Harry Styles himself, uh, are yeah. suing people making counterfeit merch. And when I originally saw this story, it was tweeted by amazing journalist and friend of us and the podcast, Larisha Paul, being like, okay, but what does this mean? Because a counter quote unquote counterfeit merch can be anything. And obviously, like, it's been a long running joke within the Harry Styles fandom that Harry Styles' merch is the fucking ugliest thing you could ever buy in your whole life. And there are all these girlies putting in hard work making original stuff on the internet and selling it as, like, original work. And so there was some reporting on Billboard and Rolling Stone about this. And so basically, like, what this is, is that it seems as if the Etsy girls should be fine because the lawsuit stated that the plaintiff is forced to file this action to combat defendants counterfeiting of its registered trademarks, as well as to protect unknowing consumers from purchasing counterfeit products over the Internet. Which is just funny because I'm like, the fans know what they're doing because your merch is so fucking ugly. And this Rolling Stone article went on to say that marketplaces like Etsy and Amazon make it, quote, difficult for consumers to distinguish such stores from an authorized retailer, which is literally not true because the store would say Harry Styles rather than, like, not Harry Styles. Yeah, I agree. And part of the lawsuit said that Styles' lawyers asked for a sweeping takedown of the unauthorized seller's items with the lawsuit listing specific URLs and not actual vendors or people. And the suit also notes that many of the counterfeit items are from online sellers based mostly in China and, quote, other foreign jurisdictions with lax trademark enforcement systems. So I thought this was going to be, like, way juicier than it was. (laughs) Which was like a little disappointing, but it basically is just like, yeah, you're selling your ugly ass merch for too much money. So like sweatshops in China are making it cheaper for the fans. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The way I read it also was, I think, I don't know if it was this article or another one, but the the way they described it was basically like shops that are making direct duplicates of his existing merch. Yeah. And so, like, fan shops where they're, like, doing their own thing seem to be safe. Although I do think it's interesting because from my knowledge of how songwriting copyright works, you technically can't print somebody else's lyrics without permission, which fans definitely do. But I'm at least Harry's like, you know what? I can share some of my some of my <laughs> my brands with the fans if they're like if it's helping them, but not just like lazy counterfeits in foreign countries. So yeah, 
It's interesting. I really did think it was going to be like more interesting than it was because I do remember that like I think a year ago or something that some of the Harry Styles like fan made original merch was getting takedowns on Etsy. So I thought it was going to like be a little bit deeper into that. But instead they're just like, no, just you copying our ugly expensive merch is bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad for my business personally because then they're not buying my expensive merch. Yeah, which is funny. So that's the least interesting news that happened this week. We have been seeing a lot of discourse lately on TikTok and Twitter and just the internet at large about like the Kardashians causing the whole causing the death of the body positivity movement is what a lot of people are kind of referring to it as and like the rebirth of heroin chic because unfortunately the Kardashians seem to be at the forefront of all beauty and body standards which is fucking stupid and a body should not be a fashion accessory. It's something that we need to survive and live in. And it's not Fair. a lot of people's faults what their body shape and size is. You know, we're just bor- we're born with it. We're born Claps with the that. genes that we're given. <laughs> it's not a lot of us, you know, can be like a lot of people are healthy, whether or not they quote unquote look like it, which is also caused by dumb patriarchal standards of shit. And of course, when these things start to happen creators and people who are in bigger bodies like to speak out and Lizzo made a really poignant TikTok so Jenna do you want to talk a bit about what Lizzo was up to in regards to the whole body positivity being thrown out the window discourse so Lizzo says I see comments go from oh my gosh I liked you back when you were thick to oh my gosh why did you lose weight and then Lizzo just my favorite part of this video video is Lizzo goes, are we okay? Do you see the delusion? Do you realize that artists are here not to fit into your beauty standards? Artists are here to make art. Mm -hmm. And this body is art. I'm going to do what I want with this body. She goes on to say, I wish that comments costed y'all money (laughs) so we could see how much time we're fucking wasting on the wrong thing. I love that so much. I love that when she was like, I wish comments costed you money. I was like, (laughs) same same do you know how much less trolling on the internet we would have although that's debatable because i feel like we just have trolls who like invest in nfts and then like have stupid amounts of money to like pay 10 cents to like comment mean (laughs) things but i do think it would make people check themselves and this whole thing i just loved that she was like are are we okay like are you okay (laughs) because it's so true it's like exactly what she's saying is it's like people were like i liked you when you were thick oh, I liked you more thinner or like you need to lose weight, all this stuff or like you've done too much to your body. You had too much work done. She goes on to say that her parents taught her from a very young age how America treats black people, how it treats black women. And then she says she saw very quickly how we America also treats fat people. And then she says, I wasn't supposed to make it this far. I wasn't supposed to be a millionaire. I wasn't supposed to be a sex symbol, but I am. I think I have a really hot body. I'm a body icon and I'm embracing that more and more every day, which... Lizzo's technically never said that she is an activist or that she stands for the body positivity movement, any of that thing. She just is a woman, is an artist who is in a larger body. And she also says what I'm doing, um, what what I'm doing is stepping into my confidence and my power to create my own beauty standard. And one day that will just be the standard. I think that shut down all body discourse forever. (laughs) I honestly feel like it should because that's those are really powerful and important words. 
And it's just been like jarring to see how we move so quickly from people like accepting themselves to hating themselves again. And I don't think I'll ever get over the fact that like anybody in a bigger body that people are always go- like you're never going to be good enough. People are always going to be like, yeah. oh, well, we thought you were hotter when like you were at your fattest because of X, Y, Z or like, no, you need to be thinner because this is unhealthy. Meanwhile, like Lizzo is working out constantly, moving her body constantly. It's like we don't like we don't know what she's going through. We don't know what's going on there. Like, sh- <laughs> shut up. And it's none of our business. <laughs> exactly. It's it's none of anyone's business. Like, it feels like out of all the conversations we have, like body image is one of the ones where no one ever agrees everyone always wants it to be one way or another then it's like if you do lose weight then it's like well i thought you represented us as a community or like i thought you represented blah 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 and now you're losing weight or like when she said she was doing like a juice cleanse or whatever people got so mad about her doing a juice cleanse like why are you promoting this it's like she never said she was here to be an activist for xyz yeah it just seems like when it comes to bodies there's so much policing of what you should or shouldn't do and there's no room for humans just existing lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus yeah and i mean we talked about this at length in our fat phobia episode which happened ages ago but it was like a, it was just this really interesting discussion about like the difference between like the fat liberation movement and the body positivity movement and how like more straight sized women were taking over the body positivity movement and how it like didn't even feel like it was a place for people who were plus size and all this stuff. And like the conversation just around body and weight loss is feeling very reminiscent of like the early 2000s again. And like people keep talking and like trend forecasters and stuff are talking about how like the heroin chic era is back and all of this. Well, just to jump in on like the heroin chic, like we've also seen an increase of celebrities taking, what is it, insulin resistant medication? Yeah. To yeah. lose weight. Yeah, for the, short periods of time and then immediately gaining weight back. And it's like, well, this medication isn't for you. Yeah. Like, it, it's just insane because it's like, didn't we get past this already? Like, didn't we get past, like, unhealthy diet trends? Apparently not. Yeah. And I mean, and it's also with the whole, like, buccal fat, like, removal that people are doing oh, yeah. to, like, make their faces yeah. look more chiseled and yeah. all this stuff. And it's like, people are just disrespecting their bodies in such ridiculous ways. Damn. And then you see... Lizzo out here who 
is in a bigger body, but respecting her body, treating it like the temple you should treat your body as. Like, this body carries you everywhere every day. Like, you should not be mean to it, no matter what the world's telling you to be. And yet people are like, oh, Lizzo's in the wrong. We're going to bully her. And it's like, you you know how many fucking celebrities are, like, having, like, injectable... (laughs) Like, they're, like, having these, like... Okay, so there, there's been a lot. There's been a lot of conversation around like how Mindy Kaling lost a lot of weight recently, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I've just been drinking a lot of smoothies and eating a lot of turkey sandwiches," and like all the gossip sites are like, "No, you're having Ozempic parties once a week where you and all your celebrity friends go and inject this diabetes medication." So you can lose weight quicker and diabetics are struggling to get the medication because of them. (laughs) It's like insane. This is so, when you talk about it in this, it feels so dystopian. Yeah. Like it feels insane. It feels like the wealthy are like so wealthy and so disconnected. They live, they, well, celebrities virtually live in a different society than we do. Mm -hmm. And part of that is the pressures of what you're supposed to look like as a celebrity and what you're supposed to, how the the beauty standards that you're supposed to maintain as yeah. a celebrity, but like also just the money. But then also like the fact that like people who have actual diabetes and actual health issues can't get the medication they need because of people, other people being vain. Like it isn't, it is insane. Yeah, no, it's, it's genuinely crazy. And it's frustrating because I feel like there have been so many things that have been happening recently that feel like we're moving forward in other aspects of like taking five steps back. Yeah. Like I feel like, but I feel like there've been so many things where like we're taking steps forward in regards to like what women are able to do. Like SZA for one now who's been four weeks at number one. So snaps to her. But then there's all these other things with like domestic abuse and body image and all this stuff where it just feels like we're going farther and farther back in time. And it's like, I just can never wrap my head around it because I'm just like, how are so many people becoming so much more aware, becoming such becoming so much better understanding how like there's a difference between like feminism and intersectional feminism and like why that matters and like all this stuff. And yet (laughs) we're still seeing these trends happening of like taking step back in everything and it's like how can these two things coexist it doesn't make sense yeah it's wild i mean just like when when we did our like end of year wrapped episode and we were discussing this particular in relationship to feminism in general Mm -hmm. and i was like why like why why are we seeing this like what like what is triggering this because we were talking about like with me too we're we're definitely seeing a backlash on me too but like what is triggering just the like i want to be a housewife like trophy wife thing what is triggering the pick me girl like what is triggering this heroin chic Mm -hmm. like in the body discourse category like what is triggering this body stuff and i don't know if there's an answer other than body as a trend body as a fashion accessory as you said at the beginning of this and fashion goes in cycles like that's the only thing i can really think of yeah so it's a very scary pattern because we're also seeing the same thing copy and pasted in like every aspect of like pop culture and like discourse of things that like are jarring to be seeing happen 
in the same way over and over again. Like seeing these like pop culture things that people like to refer as buzzwords or be like, oh, like it's like a buzzword moment when it's like, no, this like holds weight and has something that matters to it. And in regards to like the Me Too movement, having taken a couple steps back because of just like people being like, oh, like we already learned that, like we don't need to pay attention to this anymore. Like it's we, we already been there, done that. And then we have Amber Heard and Johnny Depp and also Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. And this has like sort of picked up steam again in the pop culture conversation because Brad Pitt was just very like supported and loved and like ogled over during the Golden Globes the other night. But there's been a there's been a lot of issues between Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie since their divorce started in like 2016 of a lot of stuff coming forward about their marital issues and like Brad Pitt not being the best of men. And I think that is quite interesting to see kind of like the difference between how the allegations against Brad Pitt have been taken to the allegations against Johnny Depp because Johnny Depp is, like, very much a character actor where he's kind of, like, the silly, goofy guy who always plays silly, goofy characters and you never know what to expect from him. And he's, like, you're, I don't know, people are, like, our fun, drunk pirate uncle, whatever fucking nonsense they, like, say about Johnny Depp. Whereas Brad Pitt is, like, like, I mean, Johnny Depp was also, like, a teen heartthrob, but, like, Brad Pitt was, like, a serious actor teen heartthrob and, like, went into being, like, a hot man with like yeah, abs yeah. or whatever, yeah. but also a serious actor. And he's been in very, a lot of like well-respected films and he's yeah. been in a lot of like very high profile relationships with like very loved women. And so yes. there's a very big difference to how people's like people's ability to like separate themselves from Brad Pitt than there was with Johnny Depp who like during all of the Johnny Depp stuff, he was losing roles and he was losing esteem in a lot of ways, whereas Brad Pitt is not. Yeah. So I'm going to give a little bit of context to the actual like allegations because I was not aware they were so serious (laughs) until we were looking into this. So I'm going to quote from a Daily Dot article and a writer, Gavia Baker Whitelaw, which came out just after the Golden Globes, and it's titled Brad Pitt's Abuse Allegations Were the Elephant in the Room at This Year's Golden Globes. So this writer details that Jolie's allegations focus on an altercation in September 2016 on, on board a private plane. And while this event was a longtime source of speculation in celebrity gossip media, specific details only came to light thanks to an unrelated legal battle over a winery that Jolie and Pitt used to co-own. According to Jolie's legal statement last year, Pitt's lawyers demanded that she signed an NDA preventing her from speaking outside the court about Pitt's physical and emotional abuse of her and their children. Gavia goes on to write, in response, Jolie disclosed details of the event that led her to file for divorce in 2016. Her court filings claim that Pitt choked one of the children and struck another in the face and grabbed Jolie by the head and shook her along with pouring alcohol on her and the children and punching the plane ceiling in rage. Pitt's representatives deny any allegations of domestic abuse accusing Jolie of trying to revise and reimagine her statement by adding completely untrue information. Uh, sound familiar? 
Like Johnny, the Johnny Depp thing, they literally had allegations on a plane, which to me is wild. But these allegations are serious. And this is like, like serious physical abuse. The interesting thing also with all of this, though, that I feel like it's something a guilty man would do is that Brad Pitt hired the crisis publicist Matthew Hiltzik during the 2016 divorce from Angelina Jolie. And he reportedly still works with him today. And during his career, he's worked with people like Hillary Clinton, Glenn Beck, Katie Couric, and as of last year, Johnny Depp. And Matthew Hiltzik is an expert in scandal mitigation. And as Gavia writes, precisely the person you'd recruit if your extremely famous ex-wife filed an FBI report accusing you of physically assaulting her and your children. But also, like, you, like, <laughs> like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't file an FBI report if it was fake. <laughs> Like, that's literally insane. You, There's no way you would, like, go through all the court, like, lawyer, money, everything, time. Like, you would, there's no way you would go through all of this if it was fake. Yeah. I mean, okay, I don't, you know what? Celebrities have done crazy things, but I just feel like you wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely, like, I feel the same as you in regards to that of just, like, it would just be crazy to like go through all of this. And I mean, statistically speaking, the amount of times that allegations are fake is minute compared to how yeah. often they yeah. are legitimate. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that like, whenever you talk about something like this, especially when somebody's loved, people are like, well, innocent until proven guilty. Like don't cancel them, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, number one, cancel culture is bullshit. Number two, like, just because you're stating something is happening doesn't mean that you're trying to cancel somebody or being like, oh, like, off with his head. It's like, no, people should just be aware of this stuff. It's like, it's so obvious that Brad Pitt is so much more loved and respected than Johnny Depp or, like, Kevin Spacey or any of the other people who have had allegations and, like, gone to court for these things have been because this is not getting reported on anywhere near as much as I feel like it should be. Which is exemplified in the fact that he went to the Golden Globes and many actors and actresses, like, gave him props in yeah. their speeches. Yeah, it's cra- it, that was, like, the one thing that, like, blew my mind. It's like, okay, he was sitting, like, right at the front of the audience, so, like, people are going to see them while they're, like, flustered on the stage, whatever, but the fact that, like, Quinta Bronson's up there and it's like, Brad Pitt. And I'm like, Quinta, baby girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, why? Like, I can I can see why Austin Butler would call out Brad Pitt. But Quinta, <laughs> no. <laughs> so in addition to that, we also have Margot Robbie praising him, said she'd make another film with him. As you just said, Abbott Elementary uh, actor slash creator Quinta Brunson shouted out Pitt in the audience. Austin Butler Kihue Kwan also name-checked him in their speeches, and the media coverage overall of his presence was focused on the new haircut, extensive gallery, and photos schmoozing with beloved celebrities. Like, like there's no, there's no mention of abuse allegations. There's no, he's like the elephant in the room, any of that. And the writer of this article, Gavia, goes on to say, there's an overwhelming message here that no one wants to admit Brad Pitt might be guilty. Unlike Will Smith's Oscar slap, where everyone was happy to share their opinion, the Jolie Pitt abuse allegations are too serious to comment upon. Instead, Hollywood is pretending that nothing's wrong. And I would also like to point out 
in addition to kind of like if I didn't see it I'm not gonna believe it type thing Mm -hmm. like the backlash for Will Smith was insane like he resigned from the Oscar Academy like voting board he gave a statement saying his presentation was shocking painful and excusable it's just uh (laughs) it's it's not believing women it's not believing women period I do also think that maybe it's hard to say like it's hard for me to say not a lot of people know about this or they're choosing not to know about this because their divorce happened in 2016 but these allegations only came to light in 2022 yeah um and that's when the the issue with the winery came about so this was going on like a few months back is when it came out but to me it felt very like brushed under the rug like i saw headlines about it for one week and that was it yeah and i'm sure we're gonna hear more as we get into like court case hearings and stuff like that but if if we think about the timeline of their career since 2016 i number one had no idea they got divorced like i i I just didn't follow pop culture enough so as a general as a general person of america consuming the media i generally since 2016 have had brad pitt still held in a positive light i remember he did a shoot for i don't know if it was gq but there was like this really cool photo shoot he did like in a desert and i was like okay brad pitt's kind of like having a comeback he's like having a moment you know why because he has a publicist a publicist is helping spin this positive image because he knows that there's a divorce they're trying to bury all of that if if he knows there was strife in the relationship he's trying to build up brad pitt's good image so that when this stuff does come to light he has all this credibility for the past six years yeah and i do think it's interesting that gavia also points out in this article that Pitt's recent work as a producer adds an extra discomfort to his presence on the 2022-2023 awards circuit Last year, his production company, Plan B, produced two high-profile movies about women battling abusive men. Uh, can we talk about goodwill? Can we talk about, like, this as a way to be like, no, how could I ever be an abuser when I literally helped? Yeah. I literally had interest in producing these movies about women who survived abuse. I mean, honestly, and, like, I don't want to be like, oh, look at this calculated man. But look at this calculated man. No, like when, absolutely. Like when you like when you're this famous, mm-hmm. and you have access to the best, one of the best, probably the best celebrity like crisis publicist. Yeah, all of this is calculated. Yeah, there's that, like, and it. that's the thing where it's like, okay, maybe if he like wasn't working with the best celebrity crisis publicist, I'd be a little less questioning but it does feel like oh if you take if you do this like people are going to want to be on your side more because like look you're helping women's stories be told and again it's like this is conjecture like this is speculation from us and like just our opinions on the on the situation but i mean it's just like using your (laughs) using your deduction skills really at the end of the day but i just think like also just like the precedence of the amber Heard johnny depp case makes me nervous for anything like this going forward yeah because again it's like the court of public opinion and like as jenna said like if you weren't paying attention to pop culture like were you even aware that there was any weirdness with the divorce between Angelina and Brad Pitt. And it's like, why was Angelina Jolie like kind of away for a while? And like her kids not being out there. And like, I mean, just from like my remembrance of working in like, you know, kind of like tabloid news 
world. I just remember that there were a lot of articles during their divorce about like, is Brad going to get custody? Angelina was fighting for full custody of the kids and that like some of the older kids were like, we don't want to be with Brad. Like we don't want to have to see him. And so there, there was, there's a lot of layers to it, which is interesting to say the least. And also just like, Again, just, like, the more and more of these cases with, like, high-profile celebrities coming through, number one proves that, like, it doesn't matter how much money or power you have. If you're gonna hate women, you're gonna hate women. But also, just, like, again, if for some reason, if there's, like, not enough proof, and once again, we have a situation of, like, a man being seen as not guilty or the jury being hung or whatever the case may be, this is just going to like put more fire under men's asses to be like, look what I can get away with, which is what yeah. makes me nervous about these high profile cases existing in general. But I also think that the most important thing about this, which we mentioned earlier, but like this again is similarly to the Depp Heard case where it was not an abuse case. It was a case about libel that then became an abuse case. This court case that Angelina Jolie is like fighting to like actually be taken to court and like have a jury discuss it is about like the shared winery that they owned together as a married couple. But the fact that there are abuse allegations as part of like this winery issue, it's like, is this going to turn from a cut and dry case about like who gets the winery or whatever it is into like, uh, oh, because this abuse happened during this discourse, is it going to become like just an abuse discussion? And like yeah. people forget like what the main thing is that they're trying to prove. Because once again, it's like if he wins that court case, that isn't the court being like, he did not abuse her. It's the court being like, he gets the winery. And those are two very different things, but it seems like people seem to forget that that can happen. So also just to like, just to like clarify some of these details for all of us who were new to court cases. <laughs> um, Sarah, do you know, so, so this case is like, technically he sued about the winery. She was trying to sell her portion of the winery. He said they had this like unwritten contract. Where does the abuse a fit fit into all of this like where did this come up so again this is like assumption based off of the details that we have but it seems as though based off of the information that we have gathered through any reporting on this that the alleged abuse happened on an airplane during a discussion about what was going to happen with the winery and therefore the alleged abuse has to do with this case because it it happened in conjunction to them fighting about this winery and that right. also brings into why the fbi would be involved because technically if you have some sort of abuse happen or anything bad happening on a cruise ship or in the air it's technically between state lines there's technically no no like true obvious jurisdiction so rather than filing it with like your local police department you technically would have to file it with the FBI because they would be who would have wow. jurisdiction between state lines. Wow. There you have it, folks. So yeah, I agree with Sarah. This will be really interesting to see how it plays out because I also agree this is going to be a, a dispute over a winery that turns into a general public disagreeance over alleged abuse. So yeah, again, we're just going to have to watch and see how this plays out. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's just, it's so 
exhaustingly frustrating that there have been so many things that have happened very recently in pop culture that I feel like are going to play such a big role in how things go moving forward just in the north like in day-to-day life about like how people act and respond to things and like all that sort of stuff but also in that vein we do have like a more positive story to end on in that we are seeing some steps forward which is always really exciting when that happens is that non-binary actors are having a moment right now uh they're thriving they're doing great (laughs) and they're kind of like they've been given the opportunity to shine and this is something that we were like so excited to talk about because at least personally like i'm a very big game of thrones fan and emma darcy who is non-binary and but plays princess rhaenyra in the game of thrones series i'm a very big fan of theirs and i was like jenna we have to talk about this (laughs) but i i don't know anything like i don't know anything that happened before it like i'm not completely sure on like the history of like non-binary actors or anything like that and i just want to be like completely forward like straightforward about that but i do know that like it's always been like oh like a female and male categories like in award show seasons and so it is just interesting to see like how this is going to go like moving forward when there are more actors being like yeah i'm not in binary like i don't like i use they them pronouns or like i can use any pronouns because that's also what happened with uh bella ramsey who is starring in the hbo max version of the last of us which is a video game that has been turned into a television series and they came out as non-binary during an interview with the new york times where they said i guess my gender has always been very fluid someone will call me she or her and i wouldn't think about it but i knew that if somebody called me he it was a bit exciting and they go on to say that whenever possible they check off non-binary on an option form for that and they said i'm very much just a person being gendered isn't something that i particularly like but in terms of pronouns i really couldn't care less and i just feel like that i don't know that feels exciting (laughs) it feels very positive and also emma darcy was nominated for in the best actress category at the golden globes despite being non-binary and so they spoke to e-news saying that it's kind of a surreal thing because when i was starting out i felt that i had to pretend to present as a woman in order to find success in this industry it wasn't sustainable and i stopped pretending and weirdly it's at that point i got nominated for best actress at the golden globes which is beautifully ironic i think the most important thing is that it implies that the space for trans people and gender non-conforming people is getting bigger all the time so I feel very privileged and they go on to say typically within casting sites there are two columns and I have wondered if those two identities were going to have to live separately in order for me to have my career the reason I decided to be honest in my presentation professionally is that I really hope that younger people who want to do this work know that there's absolutely space and that space is opening up I think beautiful words a beautiful way to put this And it is interesting thinking about this in relationship to the acting world, because with musicians, we don't have these like defined categories. Yeah. We don't have award for best male pop star, like award for best female pop star. So it's kind of bizarre in a way (laughs) that like what like music doesn't have gendered categories why do we need gender categories for acting but so so it is very interesting where it's like maybe not as much of a big deal with the music like the conversation in the music industry is more so like representation period yeah whereas in the acting world it's like something 
that like is very much like no you're gonna fit into a box and I guess the music industry is that way too but in this regard I think it's really amazing that we are seeing more actors being outspoken about their gender identity and being non-binary or being gender fluid or being trans and being able exactly what Emma said being able to show younger people that there is space for them it's kind of beautiful in a way where it's like they're nominated for their portrayal of a woman rather than for them being a woman and so i think like that's like a really beautiful way to view it of like oh they didn't like invent a new category for them or be like oh since they're a them they're um a man or whatever the case is it's like no they they beautifully portrayed being a woman and therefore they're nominated in that category at least is how i'm viewing it and i feel like like again just kind of like reading between the lines and like the body language in the video for this interview it kind of felt like they felt the same way of being like oh it took me being comfortable and confident enough to be like oh yes like i am non-binary i don't need to like pretend that i'm just a woman because of like my name or what i was born with and then they were confident enough to play this really confident female character and then that got them nominated. And I just think it's kind of beautiful. It is. <laughs> and and honestly, kind of goes to prove that gender doesn't have to be just one thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I just, I just feel like it's a re- this really nice, beautiful moment where it's like, okay, th- Emma with Emma's nomination and then with Bella playing a strong queer character with playing Ellie in the last of us series and being like, yeah, I'm non-binary. What's gender? What does that even mean? Like just completely disregarding the existence of gender in general, which I think is like a pretty cool thing to just like say with your whole chest. And I think it's just like, it's exciting because there's going to be more representation like going forward in Hollywood. And I feel like also when it comes to acting compared to, musicianship i feel like this just goes to show like jenna said it's like how much of a spectrum gender really can be so it it is nice to get to end a show both times that now that we've been doing this new format on like a more positive and news moment of like what this can be for like a positive thing moving forward in the pop culture sphere and like where this will move the pop culture zeitgeist to and the conversation and pop culture and all of that sort of stuff. And so we hope that you guys have been enjoying this new format. We would love to hear from y'all about your thoughts and feelings about the the new name three songs um you can come chat with us on social media we are at name three songs on all platforms to discuss this episode or the episodes in general if you have any things that we've been missing that you think would be good for us to talk about we'd love to hear but if you have any thoughts feelings concerns personal beef with us you can chat with us on our one-on-one i'm at sarah underscore fagan on all social media platforms and jenna is at jenna underscore million and with all that being said thanks for joining us this week on name three songs until next time never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band and remember you're never too cool to listen to the chain smokers don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review they really help if you want to find out more about any of the information referenced in this episode you can visit name three songs.com Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.